Greetings, I'm Steve Van Cor, and this is the FCCMA podcast, a service produced by and for the Florida City and County Management Association. I'm your host. Each episode, we interview a city or a county leader who's in a position to share interesting and useful insights into the operations of local government here in the Sunshine State. Our guest today, this is this is this is going to be a, you're going to love this interview because Kareth Fiddler who is not the city manager of Pensacola, but is the city administrator. We're gonna talk about why that title in a little bit, uh, comes to city government through a different route. We, we, I know I say that a lot, but this is more different. This is different-er, right? <laughs> uh, different-er. Kareth, what was your first job in government? Oh, so- And welcome to the show, by the way. <laughs> Yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you for the invite. Uh, my, um, I got in government as a bus operator, and um, I did that because I, I had a good friend of mine. We went to high school together, we grew up together, and I used to see him in his bus uniform, and I just, you know, would ask him like, you know, are you guys hiring? <laughs> and he, please he, tell he, me his name was Ralph Cramden. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no but uh, I thought it was just pretty neat thing that he, you know, he had a decent paying job being so young and, and, um, um, but that's how I uh, got into local government. I started out as a bus operator while I was in college. I, I bet as a bus operator, you learn more about the workings of government than people who go get a master's degree in public administration. I agree. Uh, the one thing being a bus operator did for me was it taught me a lot of patience. Um, it taught me how to deal with a lot of different folks from different backgrounds. Um, you would run into all kinds of folks. I mean, uh, I, I had routes that were, I'm from South Florida, so I worked for Miami-Dade Transit, and I would have folks from, you know, coming from South America, Europe, um, and they would ride the bus and they would go over to the beach or, you know, to the zoo or whatever, but it was a great opportunity for me to meet a lot of folks from different different backgrounds. And it also taught me a lot of patience. It taught me how to be a, a, a defensive driver as well. <laughs> no, I mean, if you think about what are, the, what are the things you do as a city manager, in your case, city administrator, you have to be the chief safety officer of the city, right? You got to make sure after a storm, before a storm, preparation, people are safe, uh, law enforcement. Well, as the operator of a bus, you have to be the chief safety officer on that bus. You have to be like the Chamber of Commerce. Hey, can you tell me where which beach is better, <laughs> North Beach or South Beach? So you got to be that. You also have to be, you know, public service, right? Correct. You, you, and you have to, and then also you have to be a traffic engineer, and and then you have to be on time. You have to be scheduling, and if something goes wrong, you have to be able to fix fix those things. It's it's so multifaceted, and it really does embody what it takes to be a uh, uh, public servant in city government. That's correct. Um, and 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 to your point, when you're when you're operating the bus, you, you don't think about it at the time, but you're responsible. I mean, a lot of these buses are like 40, 50 passengers. And if you're loaded down and you you're at full capacity, you're responsible for everybody that's on that bus, you know, no matter what their background is, what their status is. So it teaches you how to interact with a lot of different folks and understand that, you know what? Somebody may get on there and have just having a bad day. They may have just lost their job or, you know, going through something, but you don't, they don't know you, you don't know them. So just being polite and understanding that 
you, you know, they may be dealing with some serious issues and you just have to understand that. It teaches you a lot of empathy too. Somebody comes in, they're sick, they're not feeling well, and you got to help them on, uh, help them off, uh, de- reorient them, et cetera. But then, you know, and, and I was teasing you earlier that, you know, uh, you come from an engineering background, a construction engineering background, which one would think city manager is a people business, right? You manage a lot of people. You have to deal with the public. You have to deal with uh, uh, council, council members. And, you know, the old joke about engineers, two engineers walking down the street, one says, oh, look, a dead bird. The other one looks up into the sky and says, where? Um, Your transition from engineer, tell me a little bit about that and how the skills of an engineer translated to being a good city manager. Well, being in engineering and being in public works, it really forces you to think. Um, I have a lot of friends that are engineers and um, when I was, even though I have an architectural background, um, I, after I left uh, being a bus operator, I transitioned to water and sewer, Miami Dade water and sewer as an engineering drafter. And I think that's what really got me into engineering um, and just understanding how the inner workings of, you know, infrastructure, water and sewer, you know, roadways development. Um, but it really teaches you to uh, do a lot of analytical thinking um, trying to think outside of the box. Um, I know a lot of times, you know, we joke about it. Like I said, I have friends that are engineers and how it's just black and white. <laughs> There's not much of a gray area. Sometimes. Yeah, I mean, I thought engineering taught you how to think inside the box. It, it, it does. It really, it really forces you to think inside of the box. However, has, over the past 20, 20 years, engineering has evolved. And, and, and honestly, you know, watching how engineers are so much more um, involved with, you know, uh, the development of major, major cities, um, it's an important profession. So transitioning, understanding that and me transitioning into management, it was just, it was easier for me because I was forced to really think about things that I hadn't thought about before. Would you come with that underpinning of an engineering degree so you know how to break things down, uh, analyze them, rebuild them uh, uh, strategically, right, as an engineer would be? You, so were you were you driving a bus and going to school at FIU at the same yeah. time? Is that what yes. So, yeah. So my educational background, while I was driving a, driving a bus, I was actually majoring in architecture. Um, so I have my undergrad from FIU in architecture. And then, you know, once I graduated, um, it was a four-year pre-professional bachelor, so it didn't allow me to sit for the exam. I had to do either a fifth year in someone's program or do a master's program, which at the time, you know, architects weren't really making a lot of money. So I said, you know, is this something I really wanted to pursue? So I decided not to follow architecture. So I end up getting my master's in construction management from the College of Engineering um, at FIU. And that's kind of my educational background um, as far as when I was in South Florida. Um, but yeah, that's 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 what really gravitated, you know, I was gravitated towards engineering by doing the construction management program because that's when I really started dealing with engineering. And then when I was working for Miami-Dade Water and Sewer. You know, the best part about you be having a master's degree in construction management is so much of what you do in government, right, is you got a lot of buildings, you got obviously roads. Uh, they come in, they're not going to BS you. 
you say, well, we need this new flux capacitor. You're like, no, dude, I know what, I know what you're talking about. Uh, so how how is that translated for you as city manager? I mean, do you sit in on some of those construction management meetings and tell oh, people, yeah. wait, no, 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 that's not true. Well, well, what I, I do. Um, uh, so when I started with the city of uh, Pensacola, I came in actually as a as an assistant city administrator. It was then changed to deputy city administrator, but it was over community development. So I would deal with a lot of developers and you know architects and engineers. So understanding and having that background, I'm also um, I have four state contractor licenses. So understanding the the construction side of things has helped me as well when I'm dealing with developers, architects, contractors, engineers, um, you know, so you're right. They can't just, um, they can't blow smoke, so to speak. So, <laughs> um, but uh, I'm very, very, uh, very knowledgeable in those areas. Well, and so and you take that and you translate that, but I want to talk about another related area. You're on, you're in Pensacola and like 80% of the population of Florida, you're within sight of the water. Um, I think that's the number 80% or 75%. Um, and you're having to deal with, you know, bigger storms, more storms. And, and, you know, we, we in Florida, we in the rest of Florida, right? We see a storm going West. We're like, Oh, it's going to hit Louisiana or mobile. And you're like, no, that's also us guys. We're <laughs> hello. Exactly. exactly. And, <laughs> but how is your engineering background helping you guys with, because I, I, I got to believe these are front and center projects now, right? We've put them off, put them off, you know, seawalls, valves for drainage, et cetera. What are some of the projects you're working on that your background helps you in? Well, so, you know, I'm excited about just this infrastructure bill because, you know, what, 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 what I feel is this is going to create an opportunity, not just for us, but just, you know, Northwest Florida, just all of Florida, really, um, <clears throat> with doing a lot of these projects that, have probably been on the back burner or been projects that you've, you know, we've been planning for five, six years. Um, being so close to the to, to the to the coast, um, you're right. We deal with a lot of, you know, storms and folks don't know we're still, you know, doing repairs from Hurricane Sally. So I'm very familiar with hurricanes and being from South Florida. Um, this is going to create an opportunity for us to harden a lot of our our infrastructure and some other areas that we haven't been able to repair, um, working with FEMA and some of the other entities to get a lot of that done. But um, again, it, it's it's something that I'm looking forward to and um, working with staff and a lot of the, you know, the outside agencies and getting this done. So um, I know, so you came from Miami, which is kind of another perfect match, right? Because Miami is ground zero at many levels, one of the top worst five cities in the world, uh, worse being, you know, most vulnerable due to the fact that you're, they're on the karst topography, which is, you know, the big, the big limestone sponge underneath. And so you can build all the seawalls you want in Miami, but the problem also is rising table, water tables comes up underneath. Is, is Pensacola similarly situated or you guys have a different topography under the ground? We, we have a different topography. However, just being so close to the ocean, I mean, it's 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 something that, you know, every 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 every, you know, you talk about topology. So, you know, while there's areas that are higher here in Pensacola, there's also some low lying areas mm -hmm. that we deal with a lot of the issues that Miami deal with as far as 
um, deals with as far as the, the, you know, the king tide and when, when the tide, when tides are higher, you know, we have areas where if it rains, it's going to take a while for the, the water su- to subside because we're so close to the ocean. So is, there's not a lot of runoff area to, to, to send it to. So you've got to be more about pumping surface water, moving surface water around before it so it, so it can get out of the street. Exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, as you know, there's parts of South Florida where it's a beautiful sunny day and there's water in the streets. And you know, some Saint Augustine is similarly situated where because it's so low and parts of it are below sea level, that just a regular high tide puts water in the street. You know, and what what happens then if it rains? It just goes into yards. And exactly, stuff. and it's really nowhere to pump the water to. So, um, you, we deal with that. You know, here and there in the city. So your construction management uh, <laughs> helps you out with that really well. Um, so I, I wanted to, uh, when I was asking you what's your thing and what you've, you learned early on, I was surprised when you started to talk about your management style, right? That uh, Because as an engineering background, what I was honestly expecting, Kareth, I was expecting a, well, I use my my degrees in architecture and in construction management to help, you know, build the infrastructure, which you do. But your first thing, your top of mind thing was management. Tell me a little bit about what you've learned in management that we could share with our uh, our listeners. Well, what I've learned in management and working for six different municipalities, I've learned a, a lot from all the supervisors and managers uh, I've worked under. I've learned a lot out of what to do and I've also learned what not to do. And one of the things okay, I you got to give me give me an example of what not to do. What did you see? Uh, what did you see that you said? Oh, I'm never doing that again. Not do not be a micromanager. I mean, I, I think micromanaging your staff just is really counterproductive. Uh, we're all paid professionals. I, I feel like when you have a, a great team, and we do at, at at Pensacola at the city of Pensacola, you really have to just be that support. Now, there's going to be um, times that, you know, they're going to want my advice or something I may want them to look into, that sort of thing. But for the most part, you cannot micromanage your your department heads. You have to allow them, you know, to provide input. Get Before I even make a decision, a lot of times I'm talking to staff. And while the ultimate decision lies with me, um, nine times out of 10, the decision that I'm making is because I've had that discussion with staff. And, you know, the challenge of delegation, especially like I got to believe in the construction area, infrastructure area, physicality areas of your business, you want to delve in, you want to roll up your sleeves. And the challenge always is, gee, I could get this project done quicker if I just did it. And that works today. It works tomorrow. Right. But at the end of the day, in the long term, you have to invest in your people, let them make mistakes. Right. Exactly. Uh, Let them learn and let them grow which means you have to step back and or spend more time on that project, you know, you and the person, so they get trained, right? And that, that's the challenge, I think, for managers learning to delegate is sometimes you have to invest more time to finish today's project than you otherwise would. But in the long run, you now have a competent, uh, stable employee who feels, you know, uh, that they have autonomy and, and, and ability to exercise their skills. Exactly. And what it also does is it helps you think about succession planning. You know, when you have staff that, you know, you've you've uh, you've worked with and you're right. Well, you know, being a, a former public works director and assistant public works director, 
you know, you want to get in there, you want to, you know, manage in projects, you want to do that, but, you know, it's, it's, it's not going to help the individual to, you know, the, the employee learn. Um, and while they may not do things the way you would have done it, or you could have done it maybe more efficiently or, or, or quicker, you know, they haven't learned from it. So I feel like you have to step back and let them make those mistakes or coach them up or teach them how to do certain things. That way, you know, when an opportunity presents itself, they're in a position where they can transition into, you know, whether it's a promotion or a different position um, because you've allowed them to learn and also make those mistakes as well. You know, it's interesting working with the FCCMA now for several years, um, watching this um, culture. There is a culture within city government uh, management in particular of helping people grow, prosper, and then move on. And so it's got, I know it's got to be rewarding when, when your chief deputy or assistant comes in and says, I've been offered a job as city manager. Has that happened in, in, your, in your case? Not really. Uh, <laughs> uh, working. At, they want to just stay working for you. <laughs> well, actually, with uh, well, in my case, we my my pre, my uh, my uh, the gentleman who just replaced me in my previous job because I was as I mentioned I was the deputy here. I've been here two and a half years. Uh, he was our capital projects manager. He had a, a very similar background to 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 myself and. Um, felt like he would be the perfect person to replace me in my deputy role. Our other deputy, she was our port director. So she was recently promoted into the deputy position. So we've been able to really hire from within. I did come from the outside. I love that. Yeah. yeah. I came here from the city of Kissimmee. I used to be the public works director and it was just an opportunity and they're just the right time. And for me to, um, um, leave Kissimmee and transition into the deputy city administrator role here for the city of, of Pensacola. Oh, excellent. Excellent. So we, 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 you said something earlier, I want to go back to that, you know, the buck stops with you, but you work in a slightly different form of government. Most cities in Florida um, do not have the form of government you guys have. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. So I'm in a strong mayor, former government and, He's the chief, you know, chief executor for the city. However, I work very closely with the mayor and um, he is so um, he's very engaged. He's, he, he, you know, from this area. Uh, he, he used to be a county commissioner um, and he is. He knows government. It's amazing. I'm sorry. He knows government. Oh, very well. Very, very well. And um, um, I'm I'm just I've I've learned a lot from him as well, because you don't see very many elected officials that are, you know, while they're engaged, I mean, just his knowledge base, like, okay, I have a construction background and engineering background. I can honestly sit down with him and have a conversation about different things, whether it be infrastructure development, and he just gets it. <laughs> and you don't, you don't see that a lot, you know, from elected officials, because, you know, depending on their background, you know, they're not, as engaged when it comes to things like that, but he is, he's just a different type of uh, a, a mayor. And I've, um, I, I appreciate working. So you've worked in, in, in a city manager form of government and you've worked in a um, county, uh, a strong mayor form of government. What are the differences that you see in day to day? 
Well, the thing is, because I was a director before, and this is my first time being in, you know, being a, you know, deputy city administrator and now city administrator, this is my first experience as far as working as, you know, uh, uh, in administration, that is, and working for a strong mayor form of government. I haven't worked, even though I've worked in those other form of governments, uh, council manager form of government, because I was um, lower on the totem pole, so to speak, <laughs> I haven't um, had the experience of having five or seven different bosses you know, like some of the other managers, now I only have just one boss who is um, um, and just so happened to be the mayor because it's a strong mayor form of government. But I've watched other city administrators deal with some of, of managers um, deal with some of the challenges of having um, uh, elected elected officials as their bosses and and yeah, I mean, I can see advantages and disadvantages with 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 a council, right? You got to manage the personalities, and every council is like. It's like a classroom, right? They, they they come with their own personality. There's one, maybe one or two dominant people. There's some inner fighting, some factions, and you've got to manage all that, right? Mm -hmm. In this case, that's your boss's job. Your mayor's job is to manage because he's not a voting member of the council. So he's got to manage them. But yet he's got a lot of power and political power because he's elected. Exactly. So it's, I can make a case that that's a better way to go, right, with a strong mayor form of government. I can make a case that, no, you want a city council that's representative to be, you know, because there's the east side of town, the west side of town, north, different constituencies get, get a strong representative voice there. Um, and you as city administrator really only have one person you've got to answer to. Now, obviously, you answer to the entire public. Correct. Uh, that's correct. But, but uh, I, can, I can see both advantages and, and disadvantages of that. Tell me a little bit about, so Pensacola has really gone through a, a renaissance in the last decade. A uh, private investor came in, invested a lot of money in downtown redevelopment. Folks, if you're listening to this, you haven't been to Pensacola in a long time. It is really, um, pardon me, Kareth, if I say it this way, it's almost like downtown St. Pete. It's developed this kind of coolness, that's kitschiness. You got water nearby, so it kind of adds a, a certain vibe. Um, what's going on with downtown redevelopment? So right now we're 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 on the cusp of doing a lot of you know downtown redevelopment. Um, we, we we have our hashtag project that we're working on, uh, Bruce Beach. Um, also we have a day dock. Um, also some development at our port, um, airport. I mean we we're we're in a position now to really. Uh, just take Pensacola to the next level with a lot of the uh, the, uh, the improvements to infrastructure and and some some downtown redevelopment. So what kind of what kind of improvements? Because oh, well, we, we're dealing with climate change. I mean, you're dealing right. with rising waters. Oh, yeah. So what, what are some of the projects you guys are putting down? Yeah. So right now we have a project called Hashtag. So basically it's, you know, four roadways that basically you know, looks like a hashtag, but it's it's roadway, it's street street infrastructure improvements. And that's one of our uh, major projects that we're working on. We also have another project called Bruce. So hashtag isn't just some like kitschy. Cool oh, no, kid. no. This is what the kids say. <laughs> it's actually the physical look uh, spoken by a true engineer. Thank it, you. But go it, on. That, <laughs> it's actually a roadway. It's 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 uh, a roadway improvement project. Um, beautification. It, it, it's supposed to have all the bells and whistles, a uh, little bit of uh, 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 complete streets aspect, pedestrian, ve vehicular, 
bicyclists. So um, it's it's going to be a, it's one of our catalyst projects that we're looking forward to doing. And explain what a catalyst project is. So but when I think of catalyst and everybody may have their own definition of it. I have a chemistry background. So yeah. <laughs> uh, and I did. I, I wasn't a fan of chemistry, but uh, catalyst, when I think of a catalyst project, it's that project that basically it, it sparks other things to happen. Basically, it, it you know, you start with a catalyst project and it, from that project, other things would happen from that from that particular project. So when I think of Catalyst, it's that one, and we have more than one, we actually have a couple of them down here that we're working on where we feel like, okay, once these projects are completed, um, it's just gonna spur even more development. So that's, when I think of Catalyst projects, that's that's my thought. You know, we, we have this um, incredible project in Leon County called Cascades Park. It was an old brown field that, that very, was converted. Very familiar with um, Very familiar. Yeah, well, it's really a beautiful water management facility, right? <laughs> um, but now you have over $300 million in adjacent uh, growth, beautiful apartments, beautiful restaurants, beautiful hotel. So that's what you're talking about. You, you fix a roadway. Oh, or look at the High Line in New York City, right? They took an old dilapidated railway, converted it to a linear park, and now everybody wants to live in Southwest Manhattan, right? <laughs> Which before it was called Hell's, you know, near Hell's Kitchen. <laughs> Nobody wanted to live in a place called Hell's Kitchen, uh, but it's 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 a spurring on development. I'm sure for New York folks, I probably got the geography wrong, but you get the joke. I mean, you, yeah. you make an infrastructure project, people want to come there, they want to live there, they want to open up businesses there. So that's what. So you guys are working on these catalyst projects as a way to spur downtown regrowth. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Anything, um, let me ask you last question. Uh, tell me, we always ask everyone, you know, what, what's something cool? This is your opportunity to, to, to pitch the city of Pensacola, folks. Not So unlike Clearwater, which is also Clearwater Beach, Pensacola Beach is a different municipality. Tell us a little bit about why Pensacola is cool. Pensacola is cool because I feel, and you're right, while the Pensacola Beach is in the county, um, because of our proximity being so close to the beach, and we work very closely with the county, on a lot of different projects. Um, however, the one cool thing about Pensacola, and I tell a lot of folks this, is I, I feel like we're a hidden jewel. Um, we're, you know, when I tell folks, my buddies that, look, I live in Pensacola, and some of them have joked with me, where's Pensacola? <laughs> and, and I have to explain to them, we're the last, the Scambia County's the last county before you hit <laughs> um, Alabama. Um, however, like I said, I feel like Pensacola is a hidden jewel and being from Miami and and growing up, going to the beach, we have a lot of the amenities um, and assets that other major cities have. You know, we have an airport, we have a port, we own our own gas utility. I mean, so we have a lot of things that other larger municipalities have and a lot of folks really just don't know. And while it's a good thing, it's a bad thing as well because a lot of folks are finding out about us which is good because it's going to bring even spur even more development and bring more folks to um, this area but we are excited in northwest florida about a lot of things that we're doing um, but the city of pensacola if i had to just sum it up i would say i think we're just we're that hidden jewel that a lot of folks are still they're finding out about us but slowly but surely but we're, we're getting there <laughs> Well, it sounds like you're in the downtown redevelopment uh, phase two, which is to expand uh, downtown living and uh, other amenities. And so as we see 
you know, through much of America, the reurbanization, uh, most of the growth, most of the new jobs, most of the economic development in this country is happening in uh, urban areas like Pensacola as they grow. That's correct. Jareth, I really appreciate it. And I love the fact that you began as a uh, bus operator and went, worked through school, got two degrees, both which are serving our our state and your city very well. We really appreciate you being on, man. I uh, look forward to, look forward to finally meeting you in person too. Hope to see you at an FCCMA conference. Same here. Take care. All right. Thank you. All righty. Folks, this is Steve Van Cor, and this has been the FCCMA podcast a service produced by and for the Florida City and County Management Association. Thank you so much for being with us.